Welcome to the Banking on Business podcast presented by Horicon Bank. Banking on Business is aimed at helping entrepreneurs grow their business with practical strategies you can start using today. We are all about engaging our local business community and connecting with other small businesses to raise each other up. Hosted by yours truly, Grace Bruins, marketing officer at Horicon Bank, turned podcaster, at least for the next 20 minutes. Welcome to the Banking on Business podcast presented by Horicon Bank. Today, we are talking with Brad Saunders, the Director of Strategy and Coaching at Huberty and Fond du Lac. Today, we're focusing on owner exit strategy. Most business owners have the retirement funds locked up in the company that they own. So getting out of the business can be challenging, and it takes a strategy and the right partnerships to get us there, right? So welcome, Brad. I'm glad that you're here. Thank you. Glad to be here. You bet. And I also have someone else here today. What makes this episode very exciting is to have my guest co-host and colleague and friend, right, Steve? Okay. Absolutely. Friend is tentative now that I put you on my podcast. (laughs) We'll see how it goes in the next half hour. Right. That's right. Uh, Steve, you are a business banker in the Fond du Lac area for Horicon Bank, so thanks for being here. Happy to be here. All right. Now, Before we get into our interview, Brad, let's let our listeners get to know you a little bit better with a rapid-fire intro to the expert. This is our rapid-fire intro to the expert. I fire off the questions, and you answer as quickly as you can. Are you ready to play? Sure. All right. Where did you grow up? Whitewater, Wisconsin. And what do you love about what you do each day at Huberty? I just like making effect, right, and helping small business owners. What is the best advice that you've ever received? Sell your business. Okay, we're going to get into that. I have a feeling. (laughs) Nice setup. That's right. What's the last book you read? The last book I read was, it's been a bit, I got to admit. I think the Traction by by Gina Wickman was probably the last book I really got through. Okay, would you recommend it? Yeah, highly. Very good. And what's your favorite holiday tradition? Oh, old fashioned Wednesday. <laughs> what, what is okay, old fashioned Wednesday? Tell me, tell me about that. Yeah, I want to know about <laughs> well, that too. Yes. There's always a Wednesday right before Thanksgiving, so we just happened to uh, gather as neighbors and started calling it old fashioned Wednesday, which turned into a annual event. Ah. <laughs> still is, still yeah. is. Right. Steve, we could have an old fashioned Wednesday I, I, next I'd week. I'd be willing to learn more about this. Okay. Yes, exactly. Right. Yes. <laughs> Before we get into our topic, Brad and Steve, let's go into our marketing minute. Now, in your professional industries, both of you, how valuable is a referral coming from a customer especially? Well, absolutely from a customer. I think that's part of why we're here today here actually is is how we how Brad and I first met actually was an opportunity for us to partner with one of his clients actually. For me, that's probably the most valuable way for us to find a new client within the bank is it comes with, you know, some qualified information already and helps set me up as well as, as that trusted advisor, at least there. But the partnership certainly is, is essential. Absolutely. Yeah, for me, I mean, the referral partnership that we have with the bank is great, but having clients that have used our services that are able to at least give a broad stroke understanding of how we work and how we operate, at least I get the better chance of um, dragging them into it a little bit deeper right off the bat. Sure. Well, here is a marketing story about referrals. Skip's Kitchen is a classic burger restaurant in Carmichael, California. But I love this story. Before you pay, the waiter will pull out a deck of cards. If you pick the joker, your meal is free. 2% of customers win. 
The financial cost to Skips is just $2 for every $100 spent, and they've never spent a single penny on advertising. Because now, especially with social media, I'm taking my selfie with my joker and my waiter, free meal. So well-executed word-of-mouth strategies pull in customers just as reliably as paid ads, yet they are often neglected. So don't be afraid to stand out. Instead of imitating, originate. Give your customers a story so they can sell your product for you. I like that. Yeah, very good. All right. So I'm sure that you have heard a lot of customer stories you can tell as your role of the director of strategy and coaching. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that role entails, what you do? Sure, absolutely. Well, as part of the Huberty group, I tend to be the one that's, but the importance of what I do is bringing forward some of the advice and some of the understanding and the advisory section of what we can do for business owners. You know, recent rebranding and an understanding of what we're actually doing, we found that tax work, the compliance work that CPAs do is super important and required, by the way. But then the biggest interest that those same people had were, how do I run my business, right? And the ups and downs of that were, what do I do with my money? So with Huberty, what we've done very successfully is divisions of accounting, the strategy, analytics, understanding your numbers. And now with wealth planning, part of that, we feel like we're much better suited than for business advisory and being business partners. So much more than a CPA firm. Much more. Yeah. I think if people have heard of Huberty, that's typically what you think of. I think the CPA still is the number one trusted advisor in most businesses' mindset, but the ability for those CPAs to understand how we operate as advisors in in both wealth, wealth strategy and analytics gives them a chance to be better trusted advisors to their clients too. Sure. So what does what does a typical day look like for someone in your position? Yeah, I'm I'm the meeting guy, right? So I'm I've got a calendar that's pretty full and I commonly try to meet with my coaching type clients on an every other week basis. Maybe maybe 60 to 90 minutes. The conversation will go around successes, maybe some challenges and then end with an agreement about what are some of the things we need done before next time I'm here, right? On the strategy side, strategic planning is a key strategy for any business. Every business, no matter how big or small, should have strategic planning in their menu. So this time of year, I find myself in four to five hour meetings using my facilitation skills to help draw out some of the things that we can do to help improve businesses. I I like to work with business owners that trust their leadership group. So even though they may be the owner, they've got maybe five or six others at the table. And, you know, one of those situations where there's no bad ideas, right? We may prioritize ideas, But if we don't give the owner some choices to prioritize, it gets very difficult. You feel like you're on your own. So I think strategic planning is probably my favorite thing I do, but it also then leads to some successes too. Mm -hmm. What's a sweet, I'm sorry, what's the sweet spot for size of businesses um, when you're working with? Good question. I found that we're probably most effective with businesses with revenue over 2 million, but under 10 million. I have several customers that are well over 20 million, right? But I have also have a few that are under a million. It's just, it's the affordability, right? It's still an investment. You have to get to a certain stage in your business too. You know, when I talk with new entrepreneurs, I really have a hard time engaging at the beginning, but I want to give them some tips to get moving and, you know, call me in four years type of thing. But as you go through a growth stage and into your steady stage, that's probably the best time to engage with uh, business advisory work for sure. Well, you mentioned the entrepreneur, so that was one of my other questions, is when is the appropriate time? Is it when I have the idea and, you know, starting the business plan, or, or when's the, 
right time to call the the business coach, if you will. Yeah, sooner the better, right? The challenge is you could go down a road that you know is going to end badly, and typically business coaches have already made those mistakes. So relying on a person that's had that experience is one way to get ahead of the game a little bit. Again, it's a financial investment, but all businesses are, right? I mean, you probably see business plans all the time, and and they're always short on the planning side in the early stages of, of the business. So invest in some good advice from the banker, from the from the business consultant, from the CPA together, and then create a plan to move forward, and then tweak it and adjust it as you go. It's it's earlier than later, I guess, is the best answer. How did you end up in that position? I was one of those guys that grew up in a small business family and started working with a meat producer out of my college job and thought, well, this is stupid. I should do this for myself, right? (laughs) (laughs) So um, I launched into uh, franchising in 1992 and then through several different opportunities, grew that business and sold that business and then bought and sold a couple other businesses. And and at that point, I had almost 27 years in small business ownership, and I met a gentleman that was already doing successful business consulting. And and uh, when he talked about what he was doing, I was like, oh, yeah, I could probably do that, right? I felt like I had made enough mistakes, I qualified, right? So I, I found myself much more effective and much happier uh, meeting with business owners and trying to discuss what I have seen, what I have done. That's probably one of the biggest advantages to a business coach too, right? I've dealt with over a hundred different businesses in the last two and a half years, right? So not that I'll tell you who they are, but I can for sure talk about a situation I may have seen in the past relative to, to managing, owning, running, or growing a business. So when you started working with that consultant, was that the person that gave you the best advice you'd ever received? Yes, sell your business? yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you know, think of it this way, right? The store that we ran was scaled up, well over three million, you know, six figure income coming in, and and you couldn't look at selling the business at forty years old, right? But yet the business consultant he made it very clear that you know your last three years show some great success in your financials. You know, you've got your business fairly attractive. It had to as a franchise, keep it up, right? But the way that position sat, he said, it's very appealing to somebody that's interested in being the active owner, but an owner, remote owner or a family owner or something like that. And that's exactly what we did is we made sure that we were ready, obviously made sure the appearance and everything was ready and then listed the business and found out that we were wildly surprised at the size of the check that we got and (laughs) made things a little bit easier. But again, I was facing, you know, three little kids and, you know, what do I do next? I surely wasn't going to retire. So that's where I said, well, maybe I'll try another business and found a small business that was operated out of a basement, believe it or not, and said, well, we just, we need to get this into a commercial site and grow it. And we still operate that business today. And my son owns that business. So it's, it's been fun. So prior to that advice that you got to sell your business, what was your plan or your exit strategy in your mind leading up to that point. Yeah, that's one of my things I always think of too, is that at 40 years old, exit wasn't even in my vocabulary, right? right? I mean, it was one of those things that probably more of a lifestyle business at that point. So I was not there as often. I was living a, you know, kind of the things and doing the things I wanted, attending the the groups that I wanted to attend, participating what I needed to participate in, right? As I progressed through that though, (laughs) I found out that I was better suited as a working person, not a relaxing person. So <laughs> I'm a terrible golfer. So I, I just, I don't know, found myself in a position just to keep buying, growing, buying, growing. So is there a typical age that business owners come to you and say, hey, I'm looking to get out of my business. I'm looking for retirement. How do I do that? Is there a certain age or are you seeing more of that 40 to 50 year? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, in the country, 75, 80% of the businesses are owned by people that are over 55. So there's your market, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously they need help. They don't know. Unfortunately, they tend to not want advice. But I think that even though we probably can help them the most and it's going to happen the quickest, the 40-somethings, again, people that have launched a business and they're in that steady mode, right, starting to feel a little bit more comfortable, they can gain a lot out of working with a business strategist like myself. Not necessarily to build an exit like I did, but if nothing else, focus on the things you know could add value to the business. You talked about it earlier, right? We tend to, as business owners, leave most of our retirement funds in a business and then forget about the fact that that isn't just going to be there in the end. I mean, I, I talk to businesses a lot that are, are just liquidating, right? Because they're done. But if you focus on the strategies to build value in your business, then you're typically ready for that sale. And again, that was that's my evidence, right? It took two or three years to get to that point, but I was ready, ready to take the offer. So you mentioned a lot of people don't want the advice as you talk, especially the yeah. older generation. So how are you finding these people? How are they finding you if they're not out seeking advice? Yeah, well, it's changing the story, right? So instead of walking into a group of people and talking about exit strategy, that scary word, right? I start talking about the value of your wealth gap, right? What do you think you're going to have when you're done? You know, what do you expect to have? Have you done the analysis, adding your Social Security and all the funds that you've put away? Because again, small business owners, we don't have pensions, right? We don't have big pots of money like everybody thinks, I think. We tend to spend money back on our businesses and and our employees. We, We spend a lot of money extra on our employees. But if I can get somebody to realize that there truly is a gap between what they have and what they actually will need, they tend to pay attention. And then once you start into the process, it's really logical. It's a strategy. Like I said, it's a business strategy. And business owners are good at solving problems and going through strategies. When do you think that a business owner should start planning that exit strategy? Yeah, as soon as possible, right? I mean, that's the answer, right? Is if, if you would have put me back... 27 years and had me start over, right? I wish I was focused on value at the beginning, right? Instead of lifestyle, right? But in my experience, I find there's two different types of business owners. There's the the lifestyle business owner, and then there's the value generator, value builder, right? And the interesting part is that I don't think a lot of people understand that if you do a good job of being a good value builder business owner, you do get the lifestyle. So I think if you can get them to think like that, it's easier to get them to the table, start working on some things, set some goals, be active in action plans. That's what business strategists can help with. So working with someone like you on that exit strategy, say I'm a business owner looking to build that. I come to Huberty and you've got everything I need, or are there other partners that I should be working with? Yeah, that's a really good question because I think a lot of times we even forget that you need a team of people to help business owners succeed, right? In specifically exit strategy, and I only work with people that are willing to work with the teams, I got to have something to make sure that you're getting good advice, right? I'm not a CPA. I told you that. I need a CPA. Again, the convenient thing at at Huberty is is that most of those are in the same building. So um, whether you use our people or not, the fact is I'll, I'll require my clients to make sure they've got at least those four or five people at the table to proceed. Are you seeing a specific type of transition? Like, is it a lot of generational? Is it, it, what are you guys seeing when it comes to exiting out of the business? Well, and we talked about this a little bit in our our prep here, but I'm starting to see a lot more of the uh, sole proprietors or not, but starting to want to turn it over to the the kids, if you will. You know, seeing the five or 10% shares growing, in the ownership at this point. So I think the the generational probably 
by far is what I'm seeing as, as the goal, if you will. Now, whether that's a, a legitimate strategy is another question, because I think sometimes mom and or dad have uh, different visions than the kids do. Sometimes the kids want mom and or dad to just sell the business and they can reap the benefits as opposed to necessarily going and working on it. I know I got one client right now that we're working on that just, you know, the, the son bought in a 10% share of it. So his goal is to, you know, build that up over time as it goes. We've got another couple that I'm working with right now that they're set to retire and, you know, they're letting the open market decide at this point here that, you know, have kids that really have no interest in the, the business at this point here. And, you know, there's a lot of real estate involved. So I think to, to their standpoint, they're looking at it as more of a real estate transaction than a necessarily a, a business transaction. But that's who I'm thinking of as we're talking here going like, yeah, we probably should have been sitting down two or three years ago with a coach here to help them plan a little bit more here. So this is uh, educational for me as well in the, in the dialogue. I would agree with Steve is that there are a lot of family businesses. Again, take the numbers I just gave you. If, if 80% of the businesses are run by 55-year-old pluses, right, they've got kids likely, and those kids likely have worked in that business. In a majority of the situations, those parents would love to see their kids drag their business to the next level, but it doesn't work all the time. And I think the key to using good advisors, like Steve and myself, for example, is that you should be able to look at all the options to sell your business, whether it's a recapitalization, whether it's a partnership or it's a direct sale. Sometimes it's liquidation. That's the best solution to it. But all of those are options to business owners. And I think too many business owners without advice get narrow-minded in regards to how this thing is going to work. So when you were a business owner and someone said, you should sell this business or you should look at an exit strategy. At that point in your life, did you hear the word exit? And you were like, nope, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Do you get that? Yeah. Well? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's probably the makeup of entrepreneurs, right? Is that you talk to most of them and they'll tell you that they're going to work till they bury me. Right. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not necessarily come into the office every day, quite frankly. Right. But I think that, you know, the word exit isn't a negative thing, right? I turned it into this. Why don't you prepare yourself so that it's ready? right? Is the business ready? Always have your business ready. I mean, a good business owner should be operating day to day and using tools and documents and things that we need to prevent that business from falling away if something unexpected happened, right? We hate to talk about that, but at the same point is that that's an exit, right? We have to have a plan to keep the thing moving. And if it's near the end and retirement time, then again, the plan is more focused on how do we fill your wealth gap properly. So what is the first step for a business owner who hears this and says, you know what, I maybe in, in five years, maybe in 10 years, I got to start thinking about this stuff, but I want to start now. What should they do? Yeah. The first thing to do is to take the time to set an appointment with a person like me. There's many people that are qualified. SEPA is a designation, CEPA. Many, many people in the Milwaukee market, the Madison market, the Fox Valley are authorized and certified through the CPA training. But the reason you want to talk to that type of person first probably is because, again, they're the quarterback of all the other advisors, right? So understanding what you have in place, understanding where you're at, understanding what your personal goals are is the first step. I I actually call it readiness, right? I do a readiness survey, then I do an attractiveness survey, right? And if we get through those two surveys and we see some big gaps in there, we might look at each other and go, well, maybe we're not ready to sell. Maybe we should 
you know, not transition this to the children yet. But if we, if we get to that point, then we'll use our coaching methodology to help improve on some of those things and bring things back in line, right? And then along with that is that advisory type person, the SEPA specifically, has a very good understanding of business valuation, not necessarily in a certified value, but at least range of value, right? If I, I get people to at least understand that this is maybe not a million dollar business, like a lot of business owners think, but if I can provide you a, a direct answer about it's more in this range, oh, okay, so what do I do to get to the top of the range? That's exactly what I want to hear because then I can help you answer some questions and build some strategies to grow. But the first step is take that one hour out of your day and have a meeting with a qualified advisor. You know, your perspective on that too, of really taking a good look of where we are and we want to get here. So what are those value builders that you called them before that we can we can add into this business? Yeah, yeah, we're so focused on profitability and sales. You know, there isn't a single single business owner that doesn't know his sales number coming up this end of December already, right? But again, are we really talking about the people in our in our business? Do we understand our customer structure, right? What is the structure of the business? You know, do we have processes? You know, do we have the right equipment? Is that in place and, and sensible, right? And then the big one in is what's the social aspect, the culture of the business? That's seems to has risen to the top with many business owners. But believe it or not, that's one of those non-tangibles that these very educated buyers look at, right? I, I want to only deal with companies that fit my culture. Well, you better be able to show somebody then what your culture is, very obviously. I am going to move on unless you has more questions. Okay. So Brad, here's where we're going to get a little inspirational. For our listeners, as you know, Horicon Bank is the natural choice for banking, not just a tagline. It's a commitment to environmental causes uh, and supporting those environmental causes around us. So in that spirit, I'm going to give you an interesting animal fact, and I'm going to ask you to turn it into a piece of inspirational advice for our business owners. Are you ready? Sure. All right. So the claws of a mantis shrimp can accelerate as quickly as a 22 caliber bullet. Scientists actually have to keep them in thick plastic tanks because their punches can break glass. Isn't that fascinating? That's very fascinating, actually. (laughs) So turn that into business advice. Yes. Well, you know, the word glass I actually use a lot in my coaching because I find that business owners will reach that glass ceiling and bump up against it a couple times before that business finally hits some rocket fuel and takes off, right? So just the advice being understand that there are glass ceilings, even in your business, and then what's your plan to get in and through it. It's, that's what came to mind as you said that. I like, <laughs> I like it. All right. Before we end the show, Brad, I want to wrap up with some actionable advice for listeners. Sure. So what is one thing you hope a listener would hear this podcast and walk away being able to do right away today? Since Steve and I are talking about it specifically in exit, but again, fall back more into um, a readiness mode, right? I'm sure most business owners have friends that are also business owners, right? If there's one step of advice or one thing that you could do to get yourself understanding readiness is invite that person over to your business and have them walk through and ask them how attractive this looks, how ready this business looks. Your eyes are always tainted. You're always walking in and you you may see something out of place, but life's in the way, right? But at the same point, a lot of business owners walk into their office every day and it's it's a disaster, but they don't see that. So again, find a friend, use a referral partner, bring somebody in that's maybe not as familiar with the inside of your business and, and have them take a look for attractiveness. 
That's really good advice. Definitely very practical. Yes. Easy to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Steve and Brad, thank you guys for both coming on the show today. I appreciate it. And I think this, I learned a lot. Steve, you said you learned a lot. So I'm sure our listeners will too. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. To stay in the loop on all things banking on business related, visit horaconbank.com slash banking on business and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.